we've just been singing, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. And um, every one of us here are towards God, otherwise you wouldn't be here. And there's, and there's always pockets of darkness in our lives. And I've had the privilege of going through this teaching over and over and over again for the last two weeks in my mind. And I've, I've, I've been changed. I've been so changed by it. Some of you don't take notes. Some of you must have good memories. Um, but I think that we have to get it into our heads that Jesus was Jewish, speaking to a Jewish audience, and yet he was radically, radically different. And, and the thought occurred to me that you'd have to accept him do you know what I mean? You'd have to accept the man standing in front of you and you'd have to hear his words at a totally different level to how you would hear the law. And I think it must have been mind-blowing. I think for us, the Bible is something we pick up if we want to, and perhaps not often. We don't very often get hold of the word of God as our very lives, this, that this is it that this is the wisdom for life. And they knew their Torah, they knew their word. So this morning, we're continuing on the subject of the Sermon on the Mount, and this is about truth and integrity. So can we just pray together? Can we put our hands on our hearts? Because I don't want to speak into the void. It's difficult enough speaking to masks, um, but I'm trusting that, the Holy Spirit will take it and make it available to you. You know, he fed the 5,000 with a word. He fed the 4,000 with a word. He broke the word open to them. As, let it be fresh bread because we can never know this unfathomable God unless he reveals him to us. Father God, I pray that you will keep shaking the darkness out of me. That when you come into the room, you make the darkness tremble. And we've all brought you into the room and you're here anyway, because it says in your word that in you we live and move and have our being. Oh, Father God, this is an awesome time to be in your presence together. I'm not doing anything to anyone. This is what you are saying to all of us. Your word, it says you have set your word above your name. How awesome is that? And yet I only give it part glance sometimes. Father, come and make the darkness tremble. Eh? Amen. Amen. So let's have the, the slide of Matthew 5.33, because that's the Sermon on the Mount. And this is different, um, because we've heard Angie, haven't we? This is different insofar as the other things he's done, like murder and anger, adultery, they relate to the Ten Commandments, that this is about oaths, oaths and vows. And you have to understand something very clearly before I read this, that the whole of the Jewish culture relied on oaths and vows. There was no national insurance number. There were no bank statements. There was nobody who held your records. You had, your word had to be your bond. I recommend a fantastic film to you with Al, Al Pacino in it, and it's the servant merchant of Venice. And of course, you know, for his bond, he wants a pound of flesh. 
and they trick him by saying, well, if you take a bit too much or a bit less, you know. And all he keeps saying at the end is, I want my bond. I want my bond. And I think we have to understand that when Jesus is standing talking to his listeners, their whole life, whole life, their whole culture revolves around bonds, oaths, vows. And we're only going to put the, the stick in like minimally to get an idea of this. But if you read through your Old Testament, right from Genesis, especially through Leviticus, Numbers and that, you see how important it is. So let's read this. Let's read this together, shall we? You again. Come on, one, two, three. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply, yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. I know I've just broken the COVID rules, haven't I? No. Um, so this phrase, again, don't take this slide off. Again, you have heard it said, would be what a rabbi would say before he, we would, he would read the law. He would say, again, you have heard it said, because they would repeat the law, repeat the law. Again, you have heard it said. So Jesus is a rabbi. He's a Jewish rabbi through and through. And he's using that phrase. Again, you have heard it said. And what he says is revolutionary. So he says, again, you have heard it was said to the people long ago, absolutely packed full of it, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you've made. But I tell you, and this is what he's going to do, I'm going to tell you something more deep, more behind that, more so powerful, I'm going to rock your brains, I'm going to shake you up. And then he, he lists these things, I'll have to go back to my Bible now because of the thing. It says, again you've heard it said to the people long ago, do not break your oath. Now he's making very light of that you know is making very this is just one sentence you've heard it said and yet the whole of the old testament is based on taking oaths right um but keep those but i say to you, i tell you do not swear at all and then he says he says um don't swear either by heaven because that is god's throne or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And don't swear by the hairs on your head, because you have no control over that. And, and what I've learned is that they did this to avoid swearing to God, because he was holy. So if they could swear by heaven, well, it's not the same as swearing to God, is it? Well, and if they could swear by the earth, well, that's not the same, is it? Um, you know, so we'll avoid the seriousness of what we're saying. And Jesus is going to go deeper. He's going to take his hearers deeper and show them a better way to live with God. And you know, 
and we must remember that Jesus is all, always about the motivation of our heart. Always. You know, the whole law, you know, do not lust, is a matter of loving God. You know, do not get angry. It's a matter of loving God, isn't it? It's always about your relationship with God and your relationship with others. And the astounding thing is that God says, says to us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor. And love your neighbor as yourself. And on this hangs the whole law. And I think somehow you can think you love God, but you have every reason not to love certain neighbors. And God would agree with you if only he could really see what they were like and the grief they called you. And when I came to do this subject, I was so deceived and deluded. I thought, I'm okay. I'm speaking. I can speak with integrity and truth. I'm a truthful person. I can do this teaching. I was cut to the quick. I was like repenting for a week. I was like, oh, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm so perverse. And it really, really got me. This is about language and speech. So we've got to understand that the whole culture of the day was oral and verbal agreements. No written records, as I said, no bank accounts. And it had to be done in front of witnesses. So someone's word was considered his whole life. And it cost people their lives in the Old Testament, didn't it? I, don't, I should have looked this up. But do you remember somebody vowed that the first thing that came out of his house, he would offer to the Lord? It was his daughter, because normally, probably the dog. But the, the daughter came out and he offered, we get the impression he offered his daughter. Huge, eh? Huge, huge thing. So the whole of this culture depended upon honesty and accuracy. The previous things Jesus talked about was on the Sermon on the Mount, as I've said, have come from the law. But he's taking a subject the people would really understand, and he's tipping it upside down. And there's just four scriptures. Have you got that slide? The Deuteronomy 23, 21 slide. Have you got that one? Okay, thank you. It, so this is from the Old Testament. If you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it. So come on. Motives, come on. For the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you, <clears throat> so has God changed, and will be and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, you will not be guilty. Whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do. And if we can really think about these words, the seriousness is your word is connected to your heart. So you must be sure that what you say is what you mean. And this is true in the Old Testament. This is true of God. You must, because he is truth. So he wants us the same. He wants his creation the same. You must make sure your heart's connected to your mouth, which it isn't for me most of the time. Much of the time. Okay. Uh, whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do because you made your vow freely to the Lord your God with your own mouth. It's quite shocking if we just stop there. <laughs> we'll go on, though. Leviticus 5, verse 4. Do not swear falsely by my name, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19, 12, that is. Well, I'm going to go to Leviticus 5, 4 as well, because this is, this is just as good. Okay, Leviticus 5, 4. I, I skimmed through all the vows and, and oaths, and I was shocked. So, 
um, it says, or if a person thoughtlessly takes an oath to do anything, whether good or evil, in any matter one might carelessly swear about, even though he is unaware of it, in any case, when he learns of it, he will be guilty. So even if you carelessly say, and then you find out you've, oh, made a boo-boo, I'll just take that back. Just take that word back. You can't. You'll be found guilty for what you've said. I tell you, we don't have to live in grace, don't we? Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, uh, where's Ecclesiastes? Uh, nah, it's around Job. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 4, says this. It says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and to fulfill it and not fulfill it. Now, Psalm 50, and this is the last one, Psalm 50. Can you see, can you get the gist of what the Old Testament is about? Can you, do you get it from just these few um, scriptures? Um, Sacrifice, thank offerings to God, fulfill your vows to the Most High. We don't make vows and take oaths too often now, today, but Jesus has something to say to us. He's saying something about the way we speak, and this would be very costly to the people hearing it. You'd expose motives. And Jesus is so radical, he's saying, don't make vows at all. Come on, just let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And, and that is absolutely amazing. And he reinforces this by saying anything beyond this comes from the evil one. It's sin. Anything beyond this. And, you know, somewhere else it says in the scriptures, it says where there are many words, sin abounds. It's the whole way we tell stories. It's the whole way we hold court. It's the whole way we explain things. The challenge here is great. Is our conversation so pure and straight that it honors God and the things and the people we're speaking about or not? I can put somebody down with one word. Honestly, I can make somebody think of somebody else just by one phrase. It's that I'm scared, <laughs> trembling. It makes the darkness tremble. It makes me tremble. So I can say, Liz can say, oh, Esmeralda. Oh, she's amazing. She's wonderful on the team. She serves. I'm thinking, oh, she doesn't think I do. Oh, she's brilliant. She has bright ideas. Oh, I don't. She's got loads of ideas for kids. Oh, I never do. Oh. And you know what? I'm so glad to have her. Rejoice with those who rejoice, more with those. Oh, and I say, oh, praise God, that's wonderful. She's got poor dress sense, isn't she? <laughs> Have you seen the shoes she wears? Like, do you think she washes her hair often? And, and I can walk away, and in my mind, that'll get her. And it, but what happens, I, this is very, what happens in a Christian, we don't think that'll get her. We think, I don't feel very good. I don't feel very great. Why don't I feel great? And we don't realize that in our, in our speech, we have just maligned God. And we don't get this. We don't get this whole deal that as I 
it, to me, it's all about honoring the person I'm in front of. It's all about even people that do me wrong. I've done loads of people wrong. I don't think I've come across a sin that I have not committed, either actually or in my mind. And yet why do I find the specks in other people's eyes all the time? Why do I have to put myself in a position where I stay safe and my image is protected and I'm guilty of it? And I'm forgiven. So let's have the Dallas Willard slide, shall we? You got that one? Thank you. Lovely. When we swear, I, honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. Well, you're not truthful all the time then? Is, are we talking something different? Did you not talk to me truthfully before? Have you got to say, honest to God, I swear. Who's ever said, honest to God, I swear? Who's ever said that? None of you. Honest to God, I swear. He came out of nowhere. He came on that island and he blah, blah, blah. Oh, we don't do that. No, okay, that's all right. When we swear, we're making use of people trying to bypass their understanding and judgment to trigger their will and possess them for our purposes. We can be controlling and manipulative in just the way we talk, in just the way we tell a story. I can be controlling somebody else's mind. I, I, I must ask, I should ask Mark or Charlie about this, you know, because they play these games, don't they? But you could, it's all about mind games. You can actually, you can actually change the way somebody thinks about somebody to your advantage. You can manipulate a situation so cleverly. I've never, this is the biggest thing I think he says. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Do some straight talking. And honour God and honour the person in front of you and honour the people that you're thinking and talking about. And be confident that just as I love them, I love you. And as far as you're concerned, I love you more. Isn't it easy to put ourselves in the best light or to be pleasing to others for our own purposes? Do we embellish the truth so that we come out well? Yes, yes, yes. Do we tell a story and is it accurate? Because you can lie just by leaving some facts out. Um, I heard a play when I was um, younger. I was younger anyway yesterday. And I heard a play and um, this peasant sort of thing had to go in front of a judge and um, swear that this person was alive where actually the person had died because he knew somebody had murdered this person. But they put a live fly in her mouth. And the judge says, was the person alive when you last saw him? He said, there was life in her, sir. There was life in her. Well, they put a fly in her mouth that was alive. So do you see how you can get round the truth? You can get round the truth, but it has to do with your heart. So do we tell the stories is accurate? Can we, be can we be convincing of something and it not be actually the truth? We may have slayed a dragon, but how did we slay it? Was it as powerful as we say? Was it, was it, was it so dramatic as we are saying? You know, has my life got to be full of drama? Has my image got to be kept up? What image? What image have I got? Just, just a child of God, really. Do we have an ulterior motive or just insecure and want people on our side? I'm guilty of that. 
And I think, I, I think what I've come to see is the words of Jesus are exercise. Is it exercise? Sat? Missile. Exocet. Yeah, okay, gone now. It, they, they're missiles, and you can miss them because I love the Chosen. I recommend the Chosen app to anybody. But I think, and, and it's got lots of poetic license, I feel. But when they make out that Jesus says all these words all over the place, I don't, I don't really think he's like that. Of course, he lived and he ate and he drank and he, you know, and he said loads of things. But he would be measured in his conversation. Do you see what I mean? He wouldn't be flippant. Uh, I mean, he might, you know, might have a good laugh. I'm sure he had a good laugh. I'm sure he's got a sense of humor. But he would never say anything risque. He would never compromise holiness. And I think the way we understand Jesus and the way we read him, we've got to say, you take these words into your life. Dallas Willard says something really, really profound. He said, when you take the words of Jesus into your life, they're concrete. They're not ethereal, airy-fairy. When you hear him say, Sandra, let your yes be yes. And you'll know, no, because anything else beyond that comes from the evil one. Got it? Every day, got it? And so when I walk away, and what's happening now, what is happening now is when I think about people, I'm loving them. I'm blessing them. I'm blessing those that are twisted as I have been. I'm blessing those that are getting it wrong like I was. I'm understanding that personalities are, are not quite the ticket without the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I mean? That sort of just that, just that, I don't mean twisted and horrible. I'm not, I'm not making out that the whole world is twisted and horrible. But when you don't have the truth, you probably have a pack of lies. And you live by all sorts of vows. And, and I think the social media is just a breeding ground for, for presenting images. This is me in my best life, you know. This is me doing this and doing that. And I've got this. And, you know, we're called not to boast about the things we have and the things we do. What about that one? It's all about being secure and being loved. And it's like Dallas said, you take these words into your life like bread, and they become solid, solid training for us, solid. Do we walk away from a conversation and feel we've slandered someone or at least reduced, reduced them in our hearer's opinion? Can we always speak truthfully but really lovingly so the person is not crushed, not put down, not hurt by our words? Can we speak the truth in such a way that it will build them up, that they can see that, that you know, it, it's a good thing to do this rather than that? You know, it says in, in the Psalm 51, it says, God desires truth in our innermost being, in our innermost being. And that's the coleus, the stomach, the gut, the deepest part of us. And I, you know, I'm a bit of an IBS sufferer. And I know that when I do things wrong, I always feel it in my guts. You know, I, I always think oh, that wasn't that wasn't the ticket. That wasn't mm, no, that wasn't right. And I feel it here. So often, 
this is a big thing and I recommend this. So often we don't know we've, we've got a, a wrong attitude in our heart until we've said something. It, because our words expose us. You know, you think, I didn't know I felt like that. I didn't know I thought like that. And, and you know, it's like Steve said a few weeks ago, you know, you could say, well, that's not me. I don't know where that came from. It is. It is. It is me. It isn't somebody else. It's me, you know. Jesus also wants us to be honest and transparent people, full of integrity, because then, and this is the deal, then it leads to intimacy. It leads us to peace. We've got to understand that this is our life book. This isn't pretty psalms, those who dwell in the secret place will abide. Nice, nice. It isn't that. It isn't that. It it isn't that. Repetitive, eh? It's not that. Do you get it? It's not that. When I say he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Liz is here as an absolute witness to this. I'm sorry if I'm boring the people who know me, but I got a very bad bout of cystitis in India. And we were going up to a very beautiful spot, but we were in the most basic Land Rover you have ever come across. True? Right. Give a good nod. And I was really, really suffering, and I didn't know what to do. And the deal was, if I didn't drink, I'd be in trouble. And if I did drink, I'd be in trouble, because there were no toilets. And I said to the driver, I said, I'm going to have to drink, and you're going to have to stop. He said, no stop, no stop. I said, well, I'll have to pee on the floor because I can't do anything else. So, but she will testify to this. I got my Bible, true. I sat in the corner of that van, that Land Rover, and I just kept saying, you said, you said. And he, he didn't actually, I made it up. I'd, I was reading Psalm 91 and I said, you said you'd do good to me. I look back on the scripture, he didn't say that. <laughs> Oh, well, makes up as you go along. So I said, you said, didn't I? I kept saying this. And, yeah, she was just like, leave her alone. You said, you, you, Jesus, you said that you said, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow. That means you will take care of me, and I don't feel very taken care of at the moment, and I want a wee, and I don't know what to do. And I, and I went on and on like this. I mean, we must have taken an hour to get up there, and it was dodgy. I mean, roads were missing. The Land Rover was going up the side. They just take it as a matter of course, don't they? Last night there was a road. This morning there ain't no road because there's been some rain. And um, I, I, I was still bad when I got to the top of the mountain. And I got out the, I got out Land Rover, and somebody got a, an alpaca thing in front of me and said, "Do you want to ride?" I said, "Oh, stuff your alpaca, whatever." And I, I ran into the canteen, and there was an older couple there, uh, David and somebody, uh, Marion, and I just said, "Pray, pray the power of God over me. Just pray." And they prayed for me. The power of God went through me. I was totally, completely healed. And I went out, and this God's honest was, Liz, they got pashminas for a quid. It was just totally miraculous, wasn't it? The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, able to divide between joints and marrow 
and it's our life. It's our life. So do we do we do what we say or we do blame others? I was late. The alarm clock didn't work, the toast didn't pop up, the train was five minutes late, the doors, the traffic was awful, the taxi driver had a row with me, I didn't have enough money, that's why I'm half an hour late. Well, actually, I just got up late. So, like, how honest are we? Is our conversation a blessing to our hearers? Is it, a good, is it good and seasoned with salt? Does it honor God? Does it honor both our hearers and the one we've been speaking of? So Jesus is calling us to love better to become whole, to have hearts and mouths that are vitally connected with our spirits. We can practice speaking well of others and preferring others. So let this word go deep inside because Jesus wants to lead us out of self-preservation. And I, I want to say this because I think this is probably one of the most important things I learned as, as I was studying this. This is it. Don't try harder. Whilst our lives need to be intentional and we are going to decide, you know, to honor God, don't try harder. Don't do that. Just receive the love of God. The answer to get out of all stuck situations or sinful things is, yeah, repentance, of course. Repentance is a lifestyle. But don't just try harder. Just receive the love of God. Receive the love of God. If you get it wrong, say sorry. You know, just say sorry. Just say sorry to God and move on. And I pray that this has just given you a taste. I, I'll close with a scripture that I think sums it up. Another one of these that if we take it into our hearts, it will change us. And that's down to us. It's more important than chicken tonight. It's more important, it's our lives. It's our lives we're talking about. It's the quality of our lives. God wants me whole. He wants you whole. He wants you to enjoy peace. He wants you to be okay with him. You know, we're safe in this universe because nothing can separate us from the love of God, but there's far more we can enjoy. Let me just read this to you. I want to read this to you as a blessing, okay? So it's Ephesians 4, 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in, that's in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Let the word of God break up those, those hard ground, that, that's those stony bits in our hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, with a continual loss for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him with accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Don't forget, this is where the renewing goes on. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. We don't realize how connected we are. You know, there's such a lovely ease between Tom and I, and I, and I, and I think that is so good for the church as we transition. But 
I want to be at ease with all fellow believers because we're all on the same page. We're all of the same spirit. So to me, to malign every brother and sister is just painfully destructive. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work, doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need not greed. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. You know, are we holding court? Are we just showing off? Are we just, this is me, this is who I am, no, I'm entertaining you. Or are we aware that we might be having people listening to us that have needs, that we could be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be and be open to God saying, just ask her how she is. Just, just say, how are you doing? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. That's the issue. With whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Just as, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as in Christ. There's another Bible study. We are in Christ. Can we just pray? Father God, you make, you make the darkness tremble. You really do. You come along, you say something simple, like let your yes be yes and your no, no, and it rocks us. You are awesome. You are awesome in word and in deed, and you're still alive today, and you still heal hearts, and you still heal lives. And I pray we go out of here with the words resounding in our hearts. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no because the enemy's out to trip you up and he'll hurt you. And don't forget, folks, amen. And don't forget, folks, the way out is love, not trying harder. Don't be legalistic. Just receive the love of God. Live in the grace and the mercy of him who died for you. And have, let's have some good lives out of this. Amen.